as always, keep life in the fast lane. Or is oh, it live life in the fast lane? It's live life oh, in the man, fast lane. And, and also don't get jiggle bagged. I, I meant to use jiggle bagged earlier and I blew it. But Oh, jiggle bagged. To wow, the jiggle this bag is the worst movement, to do a podcast. To the jiggle bag movement. Had. I've dropped it three times. Jiggle bag, jiggle bag, jiggle bag. That's six times. Tell your friends. Speaking of getting the party started. For the victory lap, though. They ain't never seen nothing like this before. Lit the room when I came through the front door. Ask me if I should overcome what for. Train in the trees, please walk my sycamore. It's time for another episode of the Gridiron Podcast. I'm Nick Shook, that's Sean Barry. It is episode 19 of your favorite podcast that your grandmother loves. No, actually, your grandmother doesn't love it because we're not entirely clean on this podcast, but your mother might love it. Your dad definitely loves it. Your cousin is going to be on the Grandmas love me, dude. Grandmas love me. Uh, Oh. I think it's the voice. I, I don't know how to respond to that, but we'll just keep it pushing. Your your brother definitely loves it, and soon everybody's going to love it. You're going to gather around the fire like it's Christmas time, but you're here to listen to us or watch us on your smart TV with the YouTube app installed, because that's where you can find us, YouTube, Twitch, where we're live streaming right now. We're actually live streaming on both pages. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon's platform, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find us. And you should stick around, because, Sean, we have two weeks' worth of NFL action to recap, and we have two F1 races to talk about. A whole lot is on the docket here. Now, you might, if you've, if you've watched the podcast before, you might think something's missing, and you'd be correct. What's missing is Katie Caldwell. She is not here because she is celebrating her birthday, which means instead of talking with us about a couple of sports, she's out there having a good old time, and she's earned it. Instead of talking about a couple of sports, she's having a couple of shots. Happy birthday, Katie. A couple of shots or more. Probably more. Or more. Katie. A, couple, yeah. a couple turns into a few, and a few turns into a few too many, but that's okay. <laughs> I think we defined that in college, my friend. <laughs> it is episode 19, and as we always do, we are going to dive right into the football action. NFL, weeks 8 and 9 have come and gone since we last recorded. My fault, by the way, for going out of town last week. And yeah, how, dare lot, you? how dare yeah, you go and visit your fiancé on the West Coast? Know, how that dare you break egregious, a two-month streak of not seeing her? You finally go see her. How dare you work remotely? and go see her yeah i know terrible a bad look on me you know it's not dedicated to the podcast but it's nfl uh, clearly two weeks are in the books uh we've had some interesting outcomes uh some colossal matchups including one that was in germany between the kansas city chiefs and the miami dolphins um what we don't have right now sean is a lot of separation i think you look over the afc side for example the afc north the entire team can make the playoffs right now as it stands right now the entire AFC wildcard slate is filled out with AFC North teams and the Baltimore Ravens, of course, being in there as the division leader. Are you surprised by this, Sean? Yeah, I kind of am. You say every AFC North team could make the playoffs. We never we, we, we said they could. We never stopped to ask if they should. The answer there <laughs> is, is a resounding no. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it does surprise me. Um, it doesn't surprise me as much that the Ravens are winning, but it does surprise me that the Browns, honestly, because I picked them to finish last in the division, the Browns are, are keeping pace even with the myriad of injuries at the most important position quarterback that they've had. Uh, that defense is just playing other world right now. As much as you can talk about the other elite defenses around the NFL, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, San Francisco, um, the Browns, 
they they look like they're on you know another planet. They look like they're the Mon Stars right now. I don't know what Jim Schwartz has going on there in Cleveland, Nick, but it's 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 really impressive to watch. So it's going to be interesting to see where this division goes for the rest of the year because, I mean, at some point, push has to come to shove, right? And who's going to break first? Well, Sean, I think he stole Charles Barkley's powers first off, and he's been using it for the good of the Cleveland Browns defense. Uh, I also think that the Browns are going to get a little bit of humble pie this weekend as they did in week four when they faced the Baltimore Ravens, the division leaders. One of the teams that's on such a hot streak, a lot of people see them as one of the best teams in football right now. Record-wise, that is true. Seven and two, they're among the best. We'll see if that actually bears out. But Sean, I have some bad news for you because to answer your question, I think it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the only reason yeah. is... It's not because I'm in Cleveland. It's not because you're a Steelers fan. It's because I don't think they're five and three good. I think they're four and four, three and five good, which is really not that good. And um, I, I think over the course of a season, that's probably going to prove itself. You know why? I don't think we have to dive into it. We've spent a lot of time talking about it in the past. It's, it's the source of your frustration every Sunday when you do catch a Steelers game. Their offense doesn't have much life. Their offensive coordinator is probably going to be out of a job after this year. And their quarterback, his development has been stunted, if not completely halted, by the situation in which he's operating right now. So I think if one team's got to go, it's going to be the Steelers. I don't have a ton of confidence the Browns will make it. Maybe that's you know the Browns fan in my history showing a little bit. But uh, I, I, they have a weird, they've had some weird outcomes this year. Like The games that they've dominated they have been against teams that have average offenses that run into a buzzsaw of a defense. But when they face a good team, they do struggle. And sometimes they catch themselves in a weird game like they did against the Colts. So I'm not fully confident that they'll make it. The two teams that I think will definitely make the playoffs are the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. No, I no, I completely agree. And and I'm not I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna say it wrong. I, I'm actually in complete agreement with you. Um I don't know if it's just one team that has to go, it's gonna be the Steelers. I think the Browns are right there with them as well. Um the Browns and the Steelers are are both five and three good. That I will disagree with you on because well, they've won five games. They've won yeah. five of eight games. But at the same time, you look at it and goes, why did they win those five games? Yeah. How did they win those five games? I don't know. I forget who it was this week that said the Pittsburgh Steelers are not good at anything except winning games. That's it. They're just, they're just good at winning. They're good. When the final horn sounds, they're good at you know having a better score than the other team. Obviously, their defense is good. Uh, a little banged up right now with uh, Cole Holcomb going down for the rest of the year with Micah Fitzpatrick banged up. Obviously, that defense is starting to take on a little bit of water. But as long as you have T.J. Watt still playing otherworldly, Joey Porter Jr. starting to develop, uh, you know Alex Highsmith really pulling his own way too on the other side of that defensive line. Yeah, the defense is going to be a, a menace, um, and it's going to keep them in games uh, until you know fourth quarter Kenny gets in there. Yeah, you know, I didn't intend this. 4QK, man, it's a thing. Yeah, I didn't fully, like, intend for this to be an examination of the Steelers, but now that we're here, like, I have to think well, back to their games. Yeah, here like, we are. Like, okay, I can, I can name four of their five wins off the top of my head right now. Raiders, Browns, Ravens, and Titans. Titans being the most recent one. None were impressive. The Ravens one kind of felt like a Ravens meltdown. The Browns win was the defense making all the plays. I have, uh, no, I have no idea how that game even finished. That the, game the, was wild. That, yeah. that game was strong. The, the two games that I think are probably the most impressive wins were the Titans and the Raiders. And who else did they beat? Who's the fifth win? I don't even remember off the top of my head. Uh, you think I should know this as an actual Steelers fan, but that just shows you how. how well, luckily, how, we have this you know, Google machine. Go I am. Uh, it was the Rams. Uh, yeah, it was yeah the Rams. It was the uh, two which touchdown that was, comeback. That was, yeah, that was a decent win, and at the same time, still wasn't their best game. I, 
and you're right. I don't want to examine the Steelers too much, um, but you, you watch that game against the Titans, and honestly, it could have been a, a you know a 34 to 16 game easily if you know Kenny Pickett can can make a couple of plays and if George Pickens can get two feet down in the end zone. I yeah. mean, that's a that's a 14 point swing. You you take you know four seven points off the board and you trade it for a field goal. It's just uh, kind of one of those things where it's things could have gone differently, and if they win that game, you know by 18 points then you come out thinking oh crap the Steelers are now starting to figure it out on offense but they're not right now plain and simple so I do think that they are going to figure it out eventually though and that's when it gets hairy when you figure out who's going to make the playoffs out of this division because the Browns I'm not so certain are going to figure it out so one of those two teams are going to be the ones that fall I'm not going to necessarily say that it's guaranteed going to be the Steelers it could be the Browns but I don't think both of them and the Bengals and the Ravens make it but it's interesting because if you look at the pool the teams right now like the next closest teams are the Jets and the Chargers, two teams that I don't think are playoff caliber. Uh, no, no, especially tight, because the they're Colts, gonna, yeah. like it's the Texans, no. sneaky, now look, sneaky. I'm, oh man, I, I tell you what, being down here in Tampa Bay, I was saying all week, man, watch out for the Titans. Uh, they are not the Titans, the Texans. They're sneaky good, man, and they're fun to watch too. They're CJ Stroud is just, I mean. I hate to anoint him already, but man, he is the truth. Five touchdowns, 470 yards passing against what is supposed to be a good defense in the Buccaneers. Yeah, and and uh, by the way, the last touchdown coming on a 40-second drive with no timeouts, he had to go the length of the field to do it and did it made it look easy. I mean, he's balling right now. He's They're one of the most enjoyable teams to watch. I look forward to watching Texans games every week. In fact, when they had their bio, I was like, oh, no Texans game to watch this week? Like, I was, di- when was the last it's time you said Musk. that? It's boomer bust for them. They're fun to watch. You're right. Like those are that's one of the teams you kind of just keep your eye on um, because of CJ Stroud, pretty much. But uh, yeah, no, uh, it's crazy to see what they're doing. Will Levis, though, he hasn't looked bad for all the negativity we heard surrounding him in training camp, where he was third on the Guilty. depth chart. Guilty. Well, at the same time, man, he looks like he is up to up to it at least i mean we'll see how the rest of the season goes he was just named the starter over ryan Tannehill. um but when you're the titans and it's clear you know you are not going to win a super bowl this year um they were on the edge of trading derrick henry anyway so let's see what the, what, what the kids got because what he's shown right now is i mean it's, it's it's not any worse than what ryan Tannehill was giving you i think it is funny because when they drafted him it was like all right there's their Tannehill replacement he'll take that job at yeah. some point in the season just knowing what Tannehill does during a season I don't think we expected it to be injury that would cause it to happen, but it was interesting because in preseason, like you said, Malik Willis was ahead of him on the depth chart. It sounded like Levis was nowhere near taking the field. Suddenly he's on the field. They're going to go with both, both quarterbacks, but Levis plays so well, then Malik Willis fumbles and like the only snap he saw, and now it's Levis's team. And I honestly, I don't know if they win a lot of games. I honestly think they don't, but it makes them interesting. Like yeah. at this point, at, at the midway point of the NFL season, half of the battle is finding teams that are, interesting to watch like Washington's interesting to watch because of Sam Howell even though they traded both their top edge rushers uh the Titans are interesting to watch because of Will Levis the Texans are interesting to watch because of CJ Stroud and D'Amico Ryans has a young and hungry defense that plays undisciplined at times but tries hard like you just have to find reasons to watch teams that aren't the cream of the crop because a lot of these teams are going to start to fall by the wayside and and so I think it's interesting at, at this point in the year uh, where you start to pare it down, and you're just like, all right, well, uh, let's see what the Jaguars do. Let's do, see what this team does. Let's see what that team does. Oh, the the Bears are playing. Tyson Bajan's no longer playing. It's back to Justin Fields. Eh, I could probably skip that. Patriots are playing. I could probably skip that. Yeah, you know skip what I that. mean? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 
Let's uh, let's segue into our winners and losers of the week. Um, instead of recapping all these games, since we went through, you know, we have two weeks to kind of look at. I don't want to run all these scores down. Let's go straight to the winners and losers from last week. Sean, who's your winner? Uh, my winner for this week, as I check the doc to make sure it's not the same as yours. <laughs> my winner this week is uh, the Minnesota Vikings and yeah, by the transfer okay. property. Uh, Josh Dobbs. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, he he's not even a career backup, Nick. He's a career clipboard holder. Yeah. But here he is. Last a street, year, a street he clothes gets, guy. Yeah. Last year, the Titans trade for him. He comes in for a spot start for them. Doesn't go necessarily well, but it kind of, it kind of rises. It kind of raises his stock a little bit. You think, okay, he's not just a clipboard guy anymore, a street clothes guy anymore. He's someone that can come in, spot start for you. He's a, he's a, veteran player now um he goes to arizona this year his name the starter you know a week before the season even starts um and can't even get his own jersey in the team store a couple weeks into the season because i mean the cardinals knew what everyone else knew you know he's not the answer there gets traded to tennessee or not to tennessee sorry he was already in tennessee he gets traded to minnesota and spot starts for them and wins them a game. And now the didn't Vikings even, are five and four start. after that abysmal start. Didn't even spot start. They asked him to come in the game in the middle of the game because their actual starter got a concussion. He had like three uh, days right. to Sorry. the offense. You know what? I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah I forgot Jared about Hall, that. the rookie, was the starter, and he got a concussion. He actually looked all right, but he got a concussion. And uh, next thing you know, Josh Dobbs is coming in like four days after he was traded to the Vikings. This is Baker Mayfield in L.A. all over again, except Dobbs is even better. You know, it's... Uh, and he's a more likable character, if we're being honest. Oh, absolutely. For a number of reasons. Um, and, and he, he, what he did was he went out there and just played football, like didn't yeah. know anything outside of the game plan, but he's a, you know, wicked, wicked smart. You know what I mean? Like just wicked a very, smart. yeah, a, a cerebral well, player. And you could see that his knowledge, his ability to process and everything else just came through in his performance. Well, when you're a certified rocket scientist, you know, it helps. I'm sure that helps breaking down game film and game plans and whatnot. But yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredible story for him and the Vikings who seem to have life again. It's kind of almost a double-edged sword though, because not only, you know, is your starting quarterback down, but your backup quarterback, your young quarterback that you kind of wanted to see anyway, he's down as well. So their season isn't going to go anywhere. Or is it? Or is it? Or, or is, is it? it? Like, look, man. I was a big Vikings hater last year because I knew they weren't 13 win good. But I also felt like they weren't 0-4 or 1-4 bad. You know, they last year they won a lot of close games. This year they were losing a lot of close games. And talent-wise on paper, you're looking at them and thinking like, there's just not that much there to like. But what's been fun about this team and why I think a lot of people are going to get on this bandwagon and, and there'll be a, a, a very likable story is that you lost Kirk Cousins. You lost Justin Jefferson. You traded away Cam Akers. And somehow you're winning football games. You're winning football games with a guy who's traveled to many teams and just made an appearance in a game and led you to a comeback win on the road after three three days. Steelers, Browns, Jags, Titans, Cardinals. Yes. You you are winning with a rookie receiver who is expected to be a good complement to Justin Jefferson, but has quickly owned the number one role in Jefferson's absence. Jordan Addison's been one of the great stories of the season, yeah. in my opinion. He's playing yeah. really well. And then you got like random guys in the backfield making a difference. I mean, obviously Alexander Madison, but he's not the only one back there. You're, sorry, I said they traded Cam Akers. They acquired Cam Akers from the Rams, and he also has suffered a season-ending injury, a second Achilles injury. Um, so like th they just piecemealed it together. 
defensively you look at them on paper and you're like nah i don't know and yet they're, they're just playing good football they're they're like one of those teams that's going to overachieve at this point it's really I mean, it's this an is achievement just to get back to where they are now this is the team that case keenum took to an nfc title game i mean hey minnesota's the land of miracles man who says they didn't they don't get another one this year and a lot of lakes and butter a lot of lakes, a lot of, a lot of lakes. Who's yeah. your winner this week? My winner is the Houston Texans because of CJ Stroud. My winner is the Texans because they are a team that learned how this week to win a close game and they needed Stroud to do it. And he went out there and said, just call the plays and I'll make it happen. Like right down the field. And it wasn't just that. This is a team that in that game, when you went to halftime, you thought, the Bucks are like a touchdown away from running away with this thing. Like mm-hmm. they were in pretty decent control. Stroud couldn't really find much of anything offensively. He was hanging on the ball a little bit too long. He was unsure about where he wanted to go with it. They come out of halftime. They give up a field goal. They're down 10 points. And all of a sudden, boom, 75-yard touchdown to Noah Brown. And then all the possessions from there were like touchdown, touchdown, field goal, kicked by a running back because their kicker got hurt, by the way. Touchdown, uh, punt, touchdown. Like just an explosion of points. A team that is young has some key veterans on the team, but is largely young, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, no running game to speak of, and they just figured out in real time not only how to battle their way back into a game, but fight all the way to the finish. Sometimes the mark of a team that's young and doesn't know any better is the fact that they will play hard all the way to the end, and they pull out wins like this, but eventually they have to kind of like go through that experience to be able to then dig deep in moments of adversity later in the season. I'm not saying they're going to go win the Super Bowl, but they're a team that you have to watch through the rest of the season because they have a rookie quarterback who's playing phenomenally well, is going to run away with offensive rookie of the year, makes the Carolina Panthers look like idiots for taking Bryce Young over him. And like the story as a whole, how do you not root for this franchise? I mean, first off, I want you to go back to the episode where we talked about the draft and we broke down the draft because I said C.J. Stroud looked like the number one yeah, overall pick the Panthers we should both, take we agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, because of the accuracy. For you're absolutely right. Um and I and I tweeted this out, you know, hey Bucks fans, count your count your blessings. You don't have to see this guy twice a year every yeah. year for the next 12 to 15 years because the Panthers messed up and took, you know, Bryce Young number one overall. Now who's to say he's not going to have a great career either, you know, too early to tell, especially on that bad of a team. But C.J. Stroud absolutely looks head and shoulders uh, above the rest. Um, I, I, I do want to say, though, what C.J. Stroud did on Sunday has started to send Tampa Bay into a bit of a tailspin. The world, the, the sky is now falling here in Tampa Bay, um, where to the point where people are starting to talk about, you know, a quarterback change. Baker didn't lose them that game. Oh, I know. But Baker at the same time, well. like... Uh, I keep hearing the I keep hearing the narrative. You know, you got to see what Kyle Trask can no, do, you right? You, it's no, you not. Don't. It's not Baker. It's it's who was uh, who was the Vikings old coach when asked? You know, hey, do you want to see what Kellen Mond can do? Mike Zimmer. He yeah. said, "No, I've seen Mike enough. Zimmer. No. Well, well, why? I've seen him every day at practice. That's that's the thing with Kyle Trask. He's sat fourth on the depth chart for the last three years. And couldn't beat out Baker Mayfield for the job. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you've seen what we that, do. Okay. Can I go on a rant real quick? But please. So put, it, put yourself up in the single box. I have an issue. I will for a second. I have an issue with fan-driven things in sports because it is overly reductive to think that because you lost a game by two points when it was 39 to 37, that it's the quarterback's fault. Baker Mayfield 
played pretty well. He's played pretty well for most of this year. They've had some issues offensively. They've run into a rut. They ran into a rut against the Bills and the Falcons and the Lions. But a lot of that was because they couldn't run the football and they were asking him to do too much. Why on earth would you want to replace a guy who went 21 to 30 for 265 and two touchdowns and essentially had you in a position where you were going to win the game? He led you down the field and scored a touchdown 43 seconds left. A great ball to Kate Otten. That game is in your hands. It's on your defense for not stopping a rookie quarterback from going down there and beating you. If you're thinking about change, it is not. And I can't believe I'm defending Baker Mayfield. Sean, as you know, uh, not the guy that I would typically defend from my own personal experiences and, and just his history, right? But he's playing solid football right now. He is not the problem. The problem is that you can't run the ball and that your defense fell apart when you needed it to be strong the most. If anything, Sean, and I'm going to bring you back in here, I think, well, now it's just you and uh, there we go. Now we're together. For Someone teaches this man how to produce. Yeah, well, that's a lot of buttons in front of me at the same time. Watch us on YouTube to see what just happened, by the way, for you podcast listeners. Uh, I think anything, Sean, if a change comes by the end of the season, I think you and I know where it's going to be. It's not going to be quarterback. Uh, I, I don't think it'll be head coach. I, I, I don't think the, the Glazers aren't the type of owners to fire head coaches midseason. Um, no, I said end of season. And, and obviously it's not their decision. It's, it's Jason Light's decision. But at the same time, I, I don't think he's going to make that move um, because I don't think it does anything. Um, you have a brand new offensive coordinator in Dave Canales too, who just got here. Now you're looking at your head coach, your offensive coordinator, your quarterback, and there's like their, their entire staff just being gone. Uh, there's going to be a lot of changes in the offseason here in Tampa Bay. I, I think there's a lot of familiar faces that will no longer be on this roster. Um, and that's a shame, but at the same time, Kyle Trask isn't get the answer. But no. we got to see what he can do, Sean. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you already know what he can do and what he can't do. Oh, and okay? by the I'm way, sorry. your division is still very winnable. Like, yeah, you're three and five, but the leader is five and four. Like, you're not that far away. Yeah. Don't, don't like run for the fire alarm right now. Don't break glass. This is not an emergency. Okay? No, yeah. Calm down. That's the problem with the NFL, by the way. The weekly uh, cycle of reaction Monday. Oh, my God, man. I mean, people go to the edge of the cliff every week off of one game. Off of one game. And that's what makes it so popular. That's why it's, you know, the number one sport in America is because you, you have a scarcity, a, a designed scarcity of games to watch. Every game matters more. But it doesn't matter that much when you're competitive and you lose a game by two points it'll matter at the end of the season if you miss the playoffs by a game but there's other games that you could have won too everybody relax calm down a little bit just calm down r-e-l-a-x sean uh let's go to your loser Uh, i'll be quick with this one Uh, my loser is the miami dolphins um they're a very good football team two is playing great that offense is a machine they are six and oh against teams below 500 and they are 0-3 against teams above 500. What's your At some point, that? you got to beat the good teams. I know you can yeah. only beat the teams on your schedule, but they're not beating the good teams on well, the their thing schedule. Is, the thing is, though, Sean, is, is we might be setting up for a prime fraud scenario by the end of the year because if you look at their schedule, it's not, it's not tough. Raiders, okay, they're going to the bye. Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. It's not until those last three weeks that they really get tested. I know. I know. <laughs> like they exactly. Could, they could be one, two, three, four, five. They could be 11 and three going into week 16, and everyone's like, they're world beaters, and they won't have a legitimate test until then, unless the Commanders. They're going to go to either the, uh, you know, the divisional round or you know, maybe Super Wild Card Sunday, and we're thinking, oh, my God, they're world beaters, and they get beat by you know, 20 to the Bills again or the Chiefs yeah, again. If the, if the Bills even you get know. there. 
I don't that know could be a loser too. Right but yeah, your loser. Uh, my loser is the Giants. Uh, tough couple of weeks. You lose Tyrod to a rib injury early in uh, week eight against the Jets. Lose that game in over uh, overtime. Yeah, overtime game. You should have won. You have to go to Tommy DeVito and then don't let him throw the ball for most of that game. Week nine, Daniel Jones is back, baby. He's healthy until he tears his ACL early in that game. And guess who's back in the lineup? Tommy DeVito. And guess who you're asking to lift you out of the quicksand? Tommy DeVito. And guess who doesn't? Tommy DeVito. Because even though he completed 15 to 20 passes for 175 yards and a touchdown, he also threw two interceptions in a blowout loss to the Raiders. The Raiders playing inspired football after firing their coach. I was going to say, we could also bonus loser, Josh McDaniels. And Dave Ziegler. Uh, the stories that came out from that are not surprising, actually. If you think about the Patriot way and the disposition of those who come from New England, they could be intentionally or unintentionally abrasive because they are very set in their way and there is a hierarchy and you don't disobey or break the hierarchy. But the modern NFL... It's really hard I'm, to establish a culture like that unless you win and win and win, and then it becomes the way. Like it worked in New England because they won and won and won, and they had the quarterback. It's not going to work anywhere else. I'm trying to think of any Bill Belichick disciples that have gone on and actually succeeded. We've, yeah, we've I mean, watched this. Bill O'Brien um, there for a hot second, for like a hot second when he had Deshaun Watson. Brian Flores, I mean, he, that's a guy that deserves another head coaching job at some point down the mm-hmm. line. You know, jury's still out on him. But you look at Matt Patricia, you look at Josh McDaniels twice now. Eric um, Mangini, I mean, he was the yeah, same type man, of guy. It's like, just, I, it's am, just, I am the law, and you will obey yeah. me, that type of thing. That does not work most times unless you win a lot of no. games. It just doesn't. And that's no. kind of what I mean, um, I think it's very indicative, Sean, that they went to a former player as the interim head coach. Like you couldn't go more in the opposite direction in terms of style right. of coach, which tells you everything that was wrong with the program with Josh McDaniels in there. So fun, though, that it happened like at 1 a.m. Eastern. That was cool. Oh, my God. I was asleep. I was asleep in that room behind me right back there. And I felt my phone go off because it was on my chest. And I was like, oh, what is this? And. Are you kidding me? I, I just fell asleep 10 minutes ago and I immediately texted you and Katie like, okay, I'm up now. Yeah. Like even on the West Coast, I was like 10 p.m. and they fired a coach. Holy crap. But totally crazy. normal behavior for an NFL franchise. Yeah, that's a bonus loser. All right. That wraps up winners and losers. Any last takeaways from the NFL before we shift gears over to Formula One? I think we're going to start to see some uh, separation. We said it was a lot of parody. I think at some point we're going to start to see some separation. We're halfway through the season. So. I think now is the time we're going to start to see it. Okay. Actually, you know what? We haven't done this in the podcast before, but I've looked at this slate a few times today, and, and suddenly I've realized we got some really intriguing matchups ahead of us this weekend. I want your predictions on four games, and none of them involve the tight, or none of them involve the Buccaneers. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Sure. All right. Uh, Texans, Bengals. You know what I was looking at that today? I'm taking the Texans. Ah, yeah. I'm taking the Texans. I'm taking the Texans because the Bengals have been playing better as of late, but I'm still not sold that they're all the way fixed. They beat a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde uh, Bills team that is either there or here. I I, I still don't know what the Bills are. Um, So I'm still not sold on the Bengals. By the way, how cool was the Tiger Stripe design for the Bengals? More NFL teams need to treat their stadiums like college. Very Penn State of them. Awesome. Yes, I love it. Uh, but I'm going to take the Texans because I, I'm going to keep taking them until C.J. Stroud proves me wrong. Um, I am not on the same page with you because I think that the Bengals offense is going to expose the Texans defense. But 
I would it would be fun to see the Texans win because of what we already talked about. Uh, another game I want you to predict real quick. Uh, 49ers Jaguars. All right. So the 49ers are coming off their bye. Brock Purdy has looked shaky over the last three weeks. Three losses in a row. Are we really going to say the Jags are going to beat the Niners? No, I'm going to take the Niners. Okay. I took the I mean, Jags. At some point, push, push has to come to shove. I took the Jags in a close one. Opportunistic defense. Forced a couple turnovers. Never know. Trevor Lawrence playing good ball. We'll see. Yeah, you, you never do know. You never do know. All right. Next, next one. game, uh, Saints-Vikings, both five and four. Both trending mm. upward. Oh, man, flip a coin. I have no idea. <laughs> I want to say the Vikings because I want to root for Josh Dobbs, but at the same time, like, it's an offense led by Josh Dobbs. Like, the 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 Cardinals had one win when he left there, so I, I don't know what you, what you want me to do there. Yeah, it wasn't um, his fault, but yeah. I'll I'll take the Saints in that case. I also took the Saints. 20 to 17 low scoring affair. And the last one, Browns yeah. Ravens. That's four. You said oh, you did say four. Oh, yeah, I'm taking the Ravens. Wait. Yeah, I'm what gonna take the Ravens. What team does he hate less? He's having a hard time. Uh no, I'm gonna take the Ravens. I forgot for a second that it's the Bengals that can't beat the Browns. But yeah, I'll take the Ravens. Yeah, I also took the Ravens. Um I don't trust talk about separation. That's a team that's starting to separate itself. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. That rivalry will come back into play, though. Except you got to go to Baltimore where they're playing good ball. All right. Let's shift gears out of the NFL. That recaps week eight and week nine. We'll go to America's favorite game show. Sean just prepared for it right before we started the show tonight. I did. It is the game show that is sweeping the nation, swiffering the nation. Um, Shark is a manufacturer of vacuum, so it's sharking the nation. Um, Hoovering. You get the point. It is. Do you even know? I am in the crosshairs today, which does not excite me, but also it kind of does because I like trivia. I like to test the brain, even though I've it's been a really bad week for me mentally. I can't remember um, people's names. We I was doing a Twitch stream last night. We were naming former players, and I was envisioning them, but I could not remember the names. Mike Tolbert, Shane Ray, a bunch of different guys. I had people answering it for me while I'm playing Madden. Uh, so I I expect to be very very bad. In this jet lag and time zone changes, we'll do that to you. Catch the energy, Nick. Catch the energy. CZE, baby. Let's go. All right. Uh, so would you like to know the topic of tonight's Steve and now? Sure. Why not? So as we know, Nick, athletes all over the world, they diversify their portfolios, right? Diversify your bonds. They get a little, a little bit of that. So the topic of tonight is athletes with liquor brands oh it's a very sexy <laughs> investment wow. that athletes get into okay i don't think i can even think of one go ahead oh you can think of a couple i didn't make them all super hard okay. uh let's start out with this uh lebron james loves his taco tuesday and his tequila so much that he has his own brand nick do you even know what it's called i feel like you should Okay, so The Rock has Terramana, and Casamigos is very popular. It's not Casamigos, though, right? No, it's, it's something not, else. I believe that's it's, George Clooney. It's something else, and that's George Clooney. Um, uh, it's gonna drive me up a wall. I, I, I can't. I don't. I can't remember. I told you, man. It's, it's not a good week for me. Just Go ahead. Shout out a Spanish name. Any, any, any Spanish word that you can think of. Agave. 
It's not even Spanish. Agave tequila. No, it is Lobo tequila. Wolf yeah. tequila. Yeah, I should have known because that's New Mexico's uh, New Mexico's uh, mascot. It's the Lobos. Yes, yes, it is. All right, um, all right go for one. All right, best. Uh, Scotty Pippen. He doesn't own tequila. He owns a bourbon brand. Uh, do you want to guess, or do you even know what that bourbon is called? I should have phrased these differently. Is it popular? I, 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 no, not really. I'm a bourbon guy. I've never even heard of it. But like, I, I oh, didn't well, know. What the you, hell? <laughs> well, I didn't know if you would know this because you're more of a basketball guy than I am, and I didn't yeah, know if this I had not anything been a to do with his like the last career year or something. And a half. I haven't been a liquor guy since the pandemic, really. I don't know. No liquor guy? No, I, I just haven't been a liquor guy for like the last year or so. Oh. I should be better. Well, I mean, drinking's drinking. Uh, what's the answer? Uh, digits bourbon. Oh, never would have known that. Okay, all right. Okay, sorry, I didn't know if that. All right. Cruise right. tour uh, for three. I'm sorry. I feel like I, I, you know, threw you under the bus here. Okay, this one a little bit easier. Um, do you even know, Nick, which Super Bowl champ turned Hall of Famer owns Intercept whiskey? Think about the name. Yeah, Super Bowl champ, Hall of Famer. Yep. Um, can I get a clue on the era in which they played? Um, yeah. Uh, our adolescence through young adulthood. Um, I have two names in mind. It's either Ty Law or Darrell Revis. And it's neither. It is neither. Um, I'll give you one more guess. Intercept whiskey, Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame cornerback, or safety? Oh, no. Now I'm confusing I myself. I didn't tell you what the position was. Uh, is it Troy Polamalu? It is not Troy ah. Polamalu. It is Charles Woodson. Damn it, I knew that. I kind of knew that. Yeah, it's not a good week for me for names. Oh, for three, baby. No. Failhorn right You know here. what? I should have I should have phrased them better because I gave you a couple clues. No, on I that like last that last one. one. That at least was helped good. you. Yeah, that last yeah, one. Yeah, that was at least good. helped you. Mm. Yeah. This is what we get when we don't prepare for Do You Even Know because we forgot that it was just going to be you and me and I was in the crosshairs this week. So that's okay. And that rounds up another uh, boring edition of Do You Even Know? I did not know this week. All right. Nick did not know this week. No. Let's shift gears to Formula One, where we have two races to recap since we last recorded Mexico and Brazil. Two vastly different races. One included a sprint. Did both? Not both, right? Just one both included, included a sprint. Sprints, both yeah. included sprints. Did yeah. I not watch? I don't think I watched the Mexican sprint. That's on me. Um, I mean, we have a lot to talk about over here, actually, surprisingly. Um, first off, Checo Perez did not retire. So we put that to bed. Well, he retired his car at the Mexican Grand Prix by he did. launching it into Charles Leclerc. Yes, uh, on lap one, which was... On lap turn one. Yeah. That, uh, I, all right. Uh, I want to break this down real quick, though, Sean, because, like, he didn't have anywhere to go. The Ferrari didn't. But at the same time, I don't know, man. Like, uh, racing incident for sure, right? Like, but it wasn't the dumbest move. Uh, racing incident for sure, but at the same time, like you have to go deeper into that corner. If you're going to go three wide into a corner like that, you have to go deeper. Um, I don't want to give him any benefits here. I don't want to like give him the benefit of the towel just because this is his home race. This is his home track. You know, it's no, it's, it's, it's a hundred percent on him. 
And he paid the price for it too. What were the emotions that you experienced when you watched him go into the pit and they realized they couldn't fix his car? Uh, wasn't like so they, much emotions as it, it was up. just like, you dumbass. <laughs> like all of this pressure weighing you down. Will you be a driver next year? I mean, you're under contract. I, I don't know how many times we've heard the question, will he be driving for them next year? Well, he's under contract for them. I guess that doesn't matter. But um, yeah, all this pressure. You're at your home race. Everyone expects you to deliver and you're out at turn one. Who are you, Charles Leclerc? Oh, that's mean because he that's had fair a, game though. That's uh, fair game. That's yeah, fair game. we'll get to that in a second too. Ah, uh, that's painful. I thought I thought I took a little bit of the luster out of uh, you know, some of the shine out of the Mexican GP when Checo's out in turn one. Um, but I mean, otherwise, it was still a fairly fun race. Uh, the start of a couple of bad weekends for Haas, uh, <laughs> one Haas driver in particular. In which his car betrayed him. John, I feel like these last two races, I've never seen more drivers' cars just randomly betray them and cause them to crash out. Like, it felt like a lot. Well, who are you? So, okay, we've got Haas. Are we counting Esteban Ocon in there this weekend in the Brazilian Grand Prix where he just yeets himself into Alonso? No. Because um, that, that's driver error more than their car just letting out under them. The Mercedes this weekend in Brazil were sucked, just atrocious. Terrible. They were so bad. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I mean who was the who who lost hydraulics going into a corner? Oh, uh Leclerc. On the formation lap in Brazil. Yes. Yes. On the formation lap in Brazil. Uh his engine, his electrical units actually had to shut the car down for fear of like the engine blowing. Yeah. Um Man, that guy has the worst luck. Yeah. Uh, he really does have the on worst luck. On the formation lap. He's not even going fast. He's just warming the tires, and all of a sudden, he just, yerp, right into the, the wall. <laughs> into the wall in Brazil. Nothing ever happens oh, on the man. formation lap. Like, that guy's got the worst luck. You, you, you win pole in Monaco, and your gearbox is broken because you put your car in a wall the day prior on the final lap of qualifying, and you can't start your home race when you have pole. You are in the front in Brazil and you wipe out on the formation lap. The throttle may or may not have worked in another race and you go off the track into the wall in France, I think it was. Like, that guy has to... And he literally said, why do I have the worst luck? <laughs> like, why is it always me? Why is it always me? Yeah, it's, it's never a good day to be Charles Leclerc unless you're, of course, winning, um, which he does from time to time. Um, I don't know, man. The Mexican the Mexican Grand Prix, it wasn't that good of a race, I don't think. Like, it no. was mildly entertaining, but I was yeah. kind of checking in and out and then watching the extended highlights. It's just like, meh, okay. It was another Max Verstappen masterclass. Uh, Brazil was a little bit more intriguing for me. There was more passing. You know, Lando had a, a, a sniff at Max there, I think on lap like six or seven, or was it 14 at some point, where he was literally putting his front wing into Max's rear wing. Yeah. He was right there. Right there. That was a good sprint, but then, too, with the start of that race as well. Yeah. Yeah, that... It's just... Now, it's just it's just getting the point where, again, I keep sounding like a broken record. We're seeing the same thing over and over again. Someone, at some point, gives us like a little glimmer of hope that they're going to catch Max, that they're going to beat Max. And then, next thing you know, he's built up a five, six, seven-second Yeah, lead. Like, it's like, nothing. 
Lando finishes 8.2 seconds off Max in Brazil, but there was a period there where he was right on his rear, as you said, and and they even made a comment on the broadcast. Where like, for the first time in months, Max Verstappen is seriously challenged and has to use his mirrors. <laughs> like F1 Probably is, forgot they were there. F1 is like, Max is over here, and then everyone else is over here. And don't pay attention to Max. Just pay attention to everybody else over here because that's where the fun is, unless you just appreciate driving excellence. Otherwise, like the fun stuff's with everyone else. And it was fun in Brazil. I think it's a track that lends yeah. itself to that type of race, but it was especially fun. It was, especially, uh, and you you just got caught up on the highlights tonight. I love the text you sent to the group. You're like, oh my God, Checo, the pass on lap 70. And Alonso on 71. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And then Checo almost a, got him at the, at the finish line. A podium separated by 53 thousandths of a second. Yeah. I mean, not tenths, not less than the blink thousands. of an eye. I want to see the photo at the line, honestly, because I don't believe. I know the timing says that Fernando Alonso outran Checo to the, to the finish line. But I'll tell you what, man, watching that replay, I, I tried to sync it up. My eyes can't go in two different directions because I'm not that skilled. But I was like, did he get in front of him? It was pretty close. Let's see. I'm going to pull up. I uh, guess not. Sergio Perez. That's a, a really just a revelatory answer from you, Sean. Uh, I guess not. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, I, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, the, the time machine <laughs> is the time machine. What, what, what do you want from me, man? Uh, I don't have right. like, a 4K camera aimed at the finish line. We have the picture. I have, I, have, okay. I have found the photo. Those of you watching on YouTube, you will benefit from what we're about to show you. It's kind of grainy because it's clearly a screenshot, but it was not something that I saw on the broadcast. We're going to share it right now. This is how close it was for those of you watching on YouTube. If you're listening on podcasts, on whatever platform you like, uh, it's a very close photo finish type of photo. I mean, that's that's the type of racing that people come to expect from Formula One. And you don't get that like ever. Ever. How do you come to expect it then? Because you have high hopes for the pinnacle of <laughs> motorsport. That's how. I don't know, Sean. I'm, I'm, help me out here. <laughs> no, it was, a great, it was a great finish. I mean, I mean, the other notes from Brazil are Mercedes just, for lack of a better term, effed it up. I mean, their car setup was atrocious to where the point George had to retire. Lewis couldn't do anything. They, it, just, it, was, it was such an off weekend for Mercedes, and it's so random that that actually happens to them. Um, but other than that, I mean, we head into the final two races of the season. One coming up next week, and then Abu Dhabi. And Nick, you and I are obviously very excited for the one coming up. Yeah. Um, I think I was more excited for it when it was announced than I am now. And yeah. that might sound weird since the race is almost here. But, um, you know, we've talked about the Americanization of Formula One and how it just feels kind of grimy and it's a money grab. And I get it. You know, you're trying to get into a massive market that has expendable income. But the funny thing is, is that the expendable income's kind of not carrying over right now, Sean. I know this is a star power driven event, but like there are races elsewhere that are affordable for the average person to attend. That's not the case in the U.S. for most of these races. It's the case in Texas. They have a bigger footprint. Mm. Uh, it's still kind of expensive. It, but the thing is, is like it's prices have already fallen in the last year. Like the first Miami GP, we paid what five hundred bucks for a GA ticket for the day. Yeah, tell tell everyone that we paid five hundred dollars per ticket. Yeah, 
just for like, general admission. We didn't even have a just seat. Just to walk, just to walk. And it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it. But like, that's the most I've ever spent on a ticket without a seat by far. Oh my God, by far. And yeah, that's then the this most past I've ever year, spent on a ticket, period. Yeah. Yeah. And then this, I think me too, actually. Then this by past least, year. By at least $400. Probably yeah. $450. Nah, I think I paid about $150 a seat for. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I definitely, I, for a playoff game or something, I think I paid like $150 for a ticket. That's neither here nor there. This past year, we did not go to Miami, but you were monitoring ticket prices all the way up to race day. And how far do they fall? Mm-hmm. I made a deal with myself that if tickets for a seat, not even general admission, a seat fell to $250, I would pull the trigger and I would drive myself from Tampa to Miami. Um, it did not happen, but they got down the week of the race. They got down to $275 for yeah, a seat, for a, a seat. nice seat in shade at a turn. Yeah. Like, it, it, I, and I'm starting to wonder. Selling, they're having trouble selling these tickets. And right now we're getting reports that Las Vegas is no different. Okay. When I was looking up um, hotel rooms, just for the, the fun of it, a couple of months ago, um, I have stayed previously at the Tropicana, which is no longer open. And then Bally's, now called the Horseshoe. Um, and Bally's, it, it was, it, it's not like one of the super nice ones, um, but it's also not like necessarily that much of a budget you know, property. It just kind of is. Like nothing new about it, nothing nice about it. The rooms are really big. Like that, that was the, all I could say about it. Like it just is. You know, it's the hotel you stay at so you can walk across the street and go to Caesars. Okay. Um, so I looked up that. Tickets for room rates for the race weekend were $800 per night. And I'm not even kidding you. Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it was like $35 a night, $45 a night, $55 a night, $800 a night for Thursday, $800 a night for Friday, $800 a night for Saturday. And you needed a reservation Thursday through Saturday, through Sunday even. You couldn't just be like, I just want to come in for the race day on Saturday. Nope. They wanted you spending all that money. Well, here's the problem. Room rates have now gone back to about $200 a night, which is about average for a weekend in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Tickets have fallen to $1,000 for a weekend pass all three days. And how much were those $1, when they first were released? Uh, they were 2500 at least. So the cheapest I think I saw for, for seats were $2,500. Um, and I believe general admission were like five to 800. Yeah. I know GA was almost twice of what it cost in Miami. Cause I saw that and I was like, well, I'm not going like I, like I got, I yeah, signed up yeah. for the emails on from F1 about Vegas tickets. And as soon as I saw those initial prices, I was like, I'm just going to cancel this subscription yeah. to those emails because I'm not going. So what does this say about this? Because we saw ticket prices fall in Miami last or this year, which I understand second race in Miami, the novelty maybe has worn off a little bit. Coda feels like it's pretty established in Texas. I think I think you probably I don't know about the numbers. I haven't looked those up, but they're probably pretty stable. They've been there for a while now. But the first race in Vegas and suddenly prices are in free fall, you know, less than two weeks before the race. Are Americans like are, are they tired of F1? Are they getting tired? Has the, has the novelty worn off? Has the shine, you know, kind of just become a little dingy? You know, they're just like, eh, I don't want to go anymore. And it's not I, I don't, it's not the cool new thing anymore. No, I don't think I don't think that's the case because ESPN and other entities are still bidding over contracts to air or stream or, you know, simulcast 
Formula One in the U.S. I know right now ESPN and Apple TV are in like a war over who gets F1, who gets the rights to broadcast it here in the U.S. But I don't think Americans knew what they were signing up for. They knew it was the new cool hot sport, not new, but new to them at least. Um, but they didn't know that when they said, yeah, we want more races, they were signing up for Super Bowl prices at every race. How many Americans go to the Super Bowl every year? Tens of thousands. Yeah. And tens of thousands of those are corporate sponsors who get tickets either cheap or free. There's not many average fans that are going to the Super Bowl. You're asking 400,000 average fans to pay Super Bowl prices three times a weekend, three times a year. It's just not going to happen. It's just not feasible like that. And to be honest with you, motorsports are made for TV yeah. you know, sport anyway. They are. It's, it's, it, when we were at that Miami race, our, what was our biggest gripe? Not enough screens. We didn't know what was going on yeah. 90% we of the time. Yeah, my phone, and the, my phone was dying. It was hot out. Like The, the battery temperature warning was, kept coming up because it was hot out, and I was trying to conserve battery. And we're walking by like private areas they had to pay extra to get access to, like listening, trying to listen to the call on the screens just to figure out who's doing what because they're just zooming by you. you know, we stood there and we're like, is he on hards or softs now? Was that Russell or Hamilton? I, I kind of couldn't yeah. tell. I think it was blue because they're just going by so fast. You're right. It's absolutely made for TV. So I think, I think, I think Formula One's strong in America. I, I really do. But they're asking average sports fans to foot the bill. And average sports fans are saying, well, here's the thing. I already got season tickets to the Raiders or the Dolphins or the Cowboys. And that's you a know, better I'm view. Not, I'm not going to spend all this extra income to go to a Formula One race. Like, why? When I can just sit home and watch it for free and it's a better product. It's a better experience. Uh, well, I don't know about experience, but like... No, th- not a better experience. I think about, you know, the Super Bowl price thing is a good comparison because I think about, everybody gripes about stadium prices, you know, $13, $15 for a beer, whatever it is. But you go to an F1 race and it's even more expensive. Now there's more options, and but there's also champagne tents and cigar bars and everything else like that. Like you're paying top tier prices. I feel like you're absolutely right, Sean, that the average fan is just, they don't have the appetite or the budget for it. And they come to realize that, look, man, I, I, like these are astronomical prices for what? So I can take a picture from my Instagram and say I was there. So I can see cars drive yeah. by one corner and then figure out what's going on the rest of the race on my phone. Like the cost, I think the, the, what you're getting does not outweigh the cost at some point. So I, it just makes me think like we've heard, People talk about wanting to add a fourth race to America. I, I just don't see it happening unless their prices overall come down. And how is it that prices can be so high in Vegas and so high in Miami and so low in other European races? Is it just like a scarcity thing where, all right, there's more races here or this has been here longer. And, and so I just don't understand how the, the, or is it just a straight money grab right now while they can get it's it while it's getting It's just a straight hot. money grab. I mean, it, it, it's the American market. It's F1 going to these glitz and glamour cities and saying, all right, show me the money, quite literally. But when you look up these prices, you go, oh man, Vegas, let's go. Man, I can, I can go to Vegas anytime I want. Plane flights to Vegas are not expensive. And no. if you stay hotels during the week, not neither expensive. are hotels. Yeah. Like, you could you could go to Vegas or Vegas rather, excuse me, on a relative budget, um, and you can sometimes, if you're good, you know, lucky enough, even leave there, you know, with some more money in your pocket. Yeah, but you you think about 
why do I want to spend all this extra money to go watch this race? I can watch it at home. And also, I think a lot of people are finding out that the race is going to take away from your experience in Vegas. You go to Vegas to see the Venetian fountain, the Bellagio fountain. Well, those are blocked off right now. The Venetian fountain has been uh, emptied to add a grandstand. You can't see the Bellagio fountain from the strip anymore because of the, the race and the grandstands and the paddock that they built. Uh, you can't you know, take pictures on the um, pedestrian bridges, the footbridges over Las Vegas Boulevard anymore because they've all been blocked out with those wooden boxes uh, for safety reasons. But you know, it's, you're not going to be in Vegas. You're going to be at an F1 race around vegas like that that's all it is so yeah yeah i think the novelty is going to wear off on that one real quick and i won't be surprised if you know i don't think it's gonna be a one and done but i think it's it's not going to get a second contract the crazy thing about that too is how it's being touted as like the greatest sporting spectacle on the globe like on the planet this year no matter the sport like it's going to be the, it's like why what is the entry just because it's the first race in vegas in like 30 some years because there's yeah. no title you know chase to decide why else would everybody other than just to be there to be seen i don't know maybe vegas, i just hate baby. vegas i hate things where people are there to be seen uh we have a comment down with the bourgeoisie from lemon underscore bendy i think that's a first time viewer at least a first time chatter here it says in my experience a lot of f1 seats are corporate entertainment yeah that makes sense i mean you're fitting a massive amount of people around the track but at the same time i also ran to a ton of people at least in our experience in miami who were just like us they were just there and wanted to be on on the scene taking it all in by the way i would like to re let the record show that if those ticket prices dropped even lower i would seriously consider going to vegas for it <laughs> we shall monitor them we just railed against it but uh at the same time it's still a pretty cool experience i'm not gonna lie i just yeah it's not it, a thousand dollar experience in my opinion all we're right not, we're not we're not mad that we spent that money to go to miami because it's memories we'll have forever and i will go back to miami i still live in florida i'll go back this year next year i mean yep next year, year. Yeah. next year we'll do it. We'll do it. speaking of which sean's gonna be here in two days one day by the oh, time this I is am. Posted. Yes, I, yes i am yes so we don't even have to wait for an f1 race we're gonna hang out yeah, actually in 15 minutes it, nick if, we, if we're if we go for another 15 minutes which i hope we don't uh, i'll be there tomorrow <laughs> all right let's get to the end hit it or love it sean What's your hate? Um, oh, man, my hate. Um, I hate to do this, but annoying. Um, I don't want to say that. I, I want to word this correctly. Um, Careful. Pesky viewers. Oh. Not you. Yeah. Not not you, viewers. We love you. You're great. Brought but to you by the viewers. When, supported by viewers exactly. like you. Thank you. I hate our viewers. And viewership goes down. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, you know, working for a TV station, you get people, you know, that message you, hey, cover this story. Hey, cover that story. And honestly, nine times out of 10, if you send me a story idea, I'll do it just because I'm looking for content. And if it's not like a really, you know, just bad story idea, there's no, again, nine times out of 10, I can figure out a way to at least spin the story in some direction that makes it interesting or funny or good content, because that's kind of my specialty. And I'm, I'm good at that. But this week i did a story and then i get someone saying my daughter did the same thing how come you didn't cover that i was like well did did you email me no i sent you a facebook message who i don't have a facebook message from you i sent your station a facebook message a web department where's this facebook message oh we don't know man we don't check our facebook messages haven't in a year there you go i don't 
sorry, ma'am, I, I never got the message. But since it's been, okay, well, when are you going to do the story? What, why, you know, she's, I'm now getting tweeted at, I'm now getting voicemails, I'm getting, I got an email and a voicemail within the span of 25 minutes. It's, it's the, it's the peskiness. It's the, it's the determination. And it's just like, and you feel hint, like, man. you feel like take you can't, hint. you can't ignore it. Right. I can't ignore it, but I also know if I acknowledge it, I'm going to feel guilted into doing this story, which now it's just old news anyway. So it's not, there's no point in it. Yeah. I've dealt with this too. Uh, I have, I have more of a privilege of saying like, Hey, my editors don't want it. Or this isn't, it's not really what we cover. Than you do because but I did the story. I did I did the same story on someone else, and it's just I didn't have the information. I can't. I'm not following every you know twelve to seven year old baseball and softball player in the Tampa Bay area. But people email me and say, "Hey, you should do a story on this." Okay, sounds good. Well, yeah, probably half it's the. My dad would do that. <laughs> he would email a local station, be like, "Do the story on this kid," and and that kid may or may not be his kid. Like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there are there are a lot of parents, and a lot of people who like to suggest it, the, the most annoying thing about that, I think, is everybody's got good ideas until they have to do the work. When they can pass the work off to somebody else, it's a pain in the ass. And it's I, 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 I forgot to mention, it's the accusatory tone that this uh, viewer took in emails and in phone calls to me where it's just, you know, she's accusing me of will like knowingly omitting her daughter from our coverage. It's like, no, I just didn't. Yeah, you I have an, an Facebook to grind about a teenager. To, to, to the one to the one TV station that does not check its Facebook messages. Yeah, sorry. Like, I, I don't want you on. I'm sorry. This I did is not 2011? have the information. Yeah. Yeah. Chill out. Relax, everybody. That's what I hate. Um, <laughs> Lemon Bendy chimed it again. If you followed every baseball and softball player in the Tampa Bay area, you'd probably end up on a watch list. So let's keep it that, <laughs> that way. Is, that, is a fair, that is a fair point, Lemon Bendy. We'll yeah, take it. That fair, is a fair, fair point. Um, Bravo, but, sir, or madam. Yeah, whatever. I mean, could be either or. Uh, my hate is um, jet lag, red eyes, time zones, and daylight savings because they all combine when you travel the day of daylight savings from west to east on a red eye and get like 45 minutes of sleep and go right into work and then i'm like hours and days behind right now as you saw in my performance do you even know the brain is not working the neurons are not firing we're on low sleep but daylight savings time is stupid okay it's dumb it's dumb we have we have what's the old quote from spongebob wait spongebob we have we're not cavemen we have we have technology. technology we have technology we don't need to change our clocks for the farmers anymore okay let's get rid of it i'm tired of it being dark at 5 30 it's gonna be dark at 4 30 before you know it my sleep schedule is all messed up red eyes suck oh this was not the worst red eye in history um jet lag sucks i don't know i almost said it like katie jet lag shout out to katie hope you're having a fun birthday have a shot for us. All right, Sean, what's your love? Uh, my love is... Oh, I didn't prepare a love. Hmm. I'll do my one. Well, that's our show, folks. <laughs> we already made that bit once. Um, <clears throat> my love is uh, seeing people that mean something to you. People that you love, people that you care about. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate that. I'm not <laughs> even there yet. I was going to include you in this, but now you just... <laughs> 
Actually, that's pretty good. I knew, I knew where you were going. I knew where you were good. going. I that just had to ruin good. it. Sorry. Right. That was perfect. Uh, I got to go out to see Bridget last week. It was great. Uh, you never realize... You, you miss somebody that you love, obviously, but you never realize how much of a part of your life that they really are until they're gone for an extended period of time. And then you never realize just how deeply you miss that person until you're with them again and how much how happy it can make you so i got to experience all that last week and it was great and i can't wait for her to come back in 28 days so ah. that's my love oh and, and yeah, sean's well, coming too you know we get to hang out too so that's good yeah <laughs> no, we'll have some fun we we have nothing planned and i don't want anything planned i just want to drink some beers um my love then nick is that you got to experience, you know, some time with the love of your that life. That's a and cop out. Obviously, well, no, I'm just saying after, you know, everything you've been through uh, with your dad's health problems, which we have, yeah. have been well documented on this podcast, you know, you, you needed a break, you needed to get away, which is why I'm coming up in the first place, just to say, hey, how you doing? You know, you've you've had enough, uh, you've had enough turmoil in your lifetime to take, take a rest, take a break. So we got your back. So, also love that it's Katie's birthday and she's skipping out on this podcast. Like, talk about not committed to the pod. Yeah. Just because it's your birthday. Is there turmoil in the Gridiron podcast? Find out next week if Katie shows up or not just kidding could be the sean and shook podcast episode what were we on 50 something 75 oh wow we ended at 74 we became the gridiron podcast and this has been episode 19 of the gridiron podcast sean how many cases of beer do i need to buy for the weekend how many bottles oh you know what? Let's, let's take a trip to the liquor store you're gonna get in yeah let's just do that let's, we'll just let's take just a trip that. together yeah. put it on the local yeah the old local corner store. No no bodegas in Cleveland, at least not that I'm aware of. But, you know, we got corner stores and liquor stores, and we'll hit them up. But this has been episode 19 of the Gridiron Podcast. I'm Nick Shook. That's Sean Barry. And Sean, oh, and by the way, uh, Katie was here in spirit. And Sean. Oh, yeah, sorry. I didn't know you were throwing it to me. I thought you said and Sean. I'm like, yeah, no, no, I'm not here in spirit. I'm right here. Uh, this has been episode 19 of the Gridiron Podcast. For Nick, Katie, and Carl, of course, I'm Sean Barry. As always. Keep life in the fast lane, or is oh, it live life in the fast lane? It's live life ah, in the man, fast lane, and, and also don't get jiggle bagged. I, I meant to use jiggle bagged earlier, and I blew it. But oh, jiggle bagged! To wow, the jiggle bag movement, to podcast. To the jiggle bag movement, had. I've dropped it three times. Jiggle bag, jiggle bag, jiggle bag. That's six times. Tell your friends. See ya. Good night, Canada.